from Trailblaze, this is Anchored, a roadie-themed podcast-style low-sodium option for the Ocean State's sea saltiest opinions. We're your hosts, Shay. And Elise. And today we're talking about the luck of the Irish. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, well, wouldn't you know it, we're halfway to St. Patrick's Day, and Providence couldn't bear to live a whole nother year without a parade. So welcome, dear listeners, and I hope you're ready for the ride of your lifetime, assuming that you're listening to this on your commute. And as always, if you've stumbled... Don't crash. (laughs) Yep, don't crash. Please be careful. Don't drive on the shoulder. For real. Anyway. Rumble strips are there for a reason. Yep. As always, if you've stumbled here upon accident, please don't forget to hit the like, follow, subscribe, or whatever whatever, to listen to this every week as if we give you the lowdown on the down low in Roadie. (laughs) <laughs> we are at at anchored the show <laughs> that's true so find us on the big four the twitters the facebook's the instas and the youtubes and if you accidentally stumbled upon us that means you're probably looking for another anchored podcast and from what i looked they're all religious and i have to tell you this is not the place to find that we are talking about catholicism today not, well i mean yes you're right stick around kids you're in for a ride <laughs> catholicism so, Shay, are you ready for a magic school bus-esque trip around Rhode Island, heavy on the Providence, and St. Patrick? Sure. Why not? All right. Great. Cool. So, first, I have some explaining to do. Why would we do a St. Patrick's episode in September, you ask? Well, like I said before, we needed a parade. We were supposed to have one in 2020, and that didn't work out. And then, with everything that was popping off in March of 2021, we didn't really get one either. So, like any good mom, she made up for it with a half birthday. It's like the real one, only your stepdad's not invited this time. Oh, my God. <laughs> you okay, bud? That was a good one. Thanks, babe. As somebody who celebrates my half birthday, that was a good one. Well, it's good. next week, everybody. Because you have a twin. Now... Now that I have that out of the way, I can tell you on my feelings. This is actually just a podcast about me and my feelings. Um, So you guys can unsubscribe right now. But I can tell you my feelings on St. Patrick's Day. A little bit of history, but we'll get to that first. First, I'm from Kansas City, specifically in Missouri. And where I come from, sure, St. Patrick is in fact a big deal. Like that day, like he's all about it, right? But the day, the 17th, isn't what we celebrate. We celebrate Snake Freaking Saturday. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you know what Snake Saturday is? I don't know what a snake is. Okay. (laughs) You know exactly what a snake is. Don't be a goof. No, but I don't know what Snake Saturday is. It's okay, because it's still all about St. Patrick. So, we need a little background on St. Patrick. So, let me just give you that first. So, his story starts somewhere almost before time, because I really don't understand how calendars work, but he was perhaps born sometime around 385 AD. And that means records show that, you know, records were few and far between back then. So these are pretty much guesstimates. Rumors of his passing were around 461 AD, which sounds super old to me because I'm not good at math, and to a bunch of other folks. So historians did what they do and actually figured out that it it was more like a it-takes-two situation. And there were actually... Two Patricks. Yeah. Two Patties. Yeah. Two Patricks. So these folks who dropped the apostrophe or put it in the wrong place were actually kind of on to something. It was just two <gasps> real good dudes named Patrick. I do how many how many good guy Patricks do you know? Well, these two. Personally? <laughs> well, I don't know them. They're dead, but like I know a couple. Patricks are good. Yeah. They're good people. But 
Big ups to both, and no disrespect to either of them. We're just going to talk about them in the singular for right now. So please don't haunt me, guys. Anyway, he was never actually canonized, which means he never actually became a real saint in the real Catholic Church. I was going to say he never got shot out of canon like Hunter S. Thompson. (laughs) Nope, he didn't. But, and so, like, it's because of, like, the Catholicism kind of evolved into different stages. And, like, so then they created more um, protocols and processes for certain things. But when they had canonization, which is, I'm assuming, a word. It's a lot of ends. <laughs> um, he was already a goner. Oh. But people had already been having, you know, celebrations because of him. Sure. So they just waited around till nobody was looking. And then they, the Catholic Church, like, I guess right when you look, walk in next to where the Pope sits, there's like a big giant book of all of the saints. And then like in the back, there's an appendix that says like all the saints, they get feasts because not all saints get feasts. Okay. Also news to me. But so they open it in the back and they just put next to all the saints that got feasts. They just wrote St. Patrick. And people are like, you good? You good? And everybody was okay with it. And so nobody said anything. The Catholic Church was like, yeah, he's always been a saint. We never, he was always in this book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so bam, we got St. Patrick's Day. So back to the real story, Snake Saturday. So not only was St. Patrick the Captain America of Ireland, in this case, of the Catholic version of the Avengers by helping convert all of Iron Ireland to Catholicism. But he was also magical. Yeah. Like Lucky Charms? Sort of. No, that's, I feel like that might be racist. <laughs> like You can't just assume everybody's a leprechaun from, there, from Ireland. But at least according to the folks in the Kansas City area and most of Ireland, it's rumored that St. Patrick was able to chase all all of the snakes out of Ireland and into the sea, thus making it an island without any snakes, which is huge. Because allegedly, before St. Patrick, folks were just overrun by snakes. Potatoes and snakes everywhere. Nothing else. Fairy rings, potatoes, snakes. Oh, so much. Farmland, children, airplanes, nothing was safe. <laughs> so, anyway, the Saturday before St. Patrick, which is typically, again, celebrated on March 17th, is held in honor of this magnificent person. Back in Kansas City, people dress up like St. Patrick to banish all the snakes for the day. There's a parade. There's a carnival. Um, it's so much better than just a parade. Pause for effects. <gasps> hint, hint, Rhode Island. Two parades, one carnival. No rules. <laughs> no rules. <laughs> I'm just. No rules. We can make this happen. In Little Rowdy. <laughs> so, okay. I think that maybe I should, because this is still an edutainment mm-hmm. podcast. I should mention that there is an Irish historian, whom I won't even give his name out, um, because I don't want him to receive hate mail, who's trying to disparage the great snake wrangler by searching environmental records and fossil libraries to prove that there were never even snakes in Ireland in the first freaking place. What an asshole. Yeah. Like, let us have it. Yeah. So he, Let can us sh- have it. he can shake a stick somewhere else. If I have no idea me. who this guy is, but. Yeah, because I won't name him because he don't deserve our time. <laughs> so. um, uh, Isn't this podcast about Rhode Island, though? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Back to the single parade state. Mm. Anyway, um, I will make a note here to mention that Pawtucket and Newport also have St. Patrick's Day parades. Providence just chooses to shoot their shot in September for a parade this year. Which I'm okay with. So, back to Providence's relationship with St. Patrick. As you know, Rhode Island history is the story of immigrants. A bunch of Irish people came over, like anyone allowed to continue their culture in a new place, where they brought with them the tales of St. Patrick and his anti-snake 
self. Mm -hmm. Um, As early as the 1700s, folks were celebrating St. Patrick all over this new baby of a republic. So, in 1835, Providence saw its first St. Patrick's Day event. It was a group of young, excited Irishmen who met with Reverend Constantine Lee at his home and held up a pint or two to America and to Irish ladies. Oh. Yeah. They continued to gather every year at the same time, March 17th, until four years later in 1839, they said, yo, we should take this show on the road. Like as a parade. Yep. And they created Providence's first ever St. Patrick's Day parade. Were there hats, confetti, bunting? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, But the 17th was actually a Sunday, so they made it the 18th, which was the Monday, and got out of work. Hurrah! (laughs) Can we do that? I think we should be able to. So, Shay, if you had to start a parade for something, what would you start a a parade for? Cats. Think of it. A parade. Thinking of it. (laughs) A parade. 500 cats strong. Galloping down Doran Street. Like a running of the bulls, but like... Running of the kittens. Okay. Yeah. It would be adorable. It would be adorable. I feel like that's a lot of cats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was like a huge shipment that came into Parl, and they're like, well, we don't know what to do with them, so we're just going to like let them parade down the street, and they can... If you want one, take one. Okay. It's just a free-for-all. Okay. I I appreciate that. Just scoop them up. All right. Back to the tale of the Irish in Rhode Island, because that was crazy. (laughs) At this point, again, 1839, the Irish population has now reached about 1,500 people, and it keeps growing from there. Many people had come to Rhode Island to work on the railroad. A number of folks fell in love with Providence and decided to call it home. Yeah. But it wasn't all fun and games. Thunder noise. Thunder noise. Between 18 and 1815 and 1845, about a million Irishmen came to North America. In Little Rhodey, we were not really trying to have it. Um, the Providence Journal lo- launched a relentless campaign in 1838 against the Irish immigrants, calling them all foreign vagabonds. Wow. Yeah. Stories continued stating that they were here to steal jobs, and I don't know how this feels really familiar. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. History is a cycle. It repeats itself. Yep. In Ireland, uh, the potato famine was getting underway. The crop of 1846 was a complete failure, and the next five years were like 2020 on repeat. Tens of thousands of people died of starvation, and more than a million fled from abject destitution. These immigrants weren't like the ones before who came here for a better life and fell in love and life was good and it was just a musical. These people were coming for... Basically, they were fleeing for their lives. Um, Their families were ripped apart, and the mothers would never hold their children again. Basically, this is what those sad Irish songs are really about. Mm. Yeah. So, Irish folks were farmers, and they came from once fertile land, and now they're stuck in the city because that's where the jobs were. And that's where they could get jobs, even though they were penniless and they were small, and so they would work at the various factories and things like that that we would have around the state. And so, um, manufacturing jobs, as you know, from Slater Mill. Mm -hmm. So. By 1850, 69% of the quote-unquote foreign-born in Rhode Island actually came from Ireland. Did you know that? That's a huge percent. Yeah. It's a nice percent. It's a huge percent. Yeah. Today, about 17.9% of Rhode Island residents actually claim Irish ancestry. It's the second most popular ancestry in the state. Behind Italian? (laughs) Yep. I was just about to ask you what you thought was going to be the first one. Italian. Yep. Yep. 
calamari. Italian. But you know what? Both will tell you that they're Italian or Irish American, even if they have not even stepped foot in those countries. Yeah. They claim it like it's who they are. Heritage is heritage, kid. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So before we head out, because that's the story of Rhode Island, they continued the parades on and off again for the next couple of world wars, <laughs> kind of took a couple <laughs> breaks a couple. here and there and things like that. But one thing has always rung true, and that is the Grand Marshal of the Providence St. Patrick's Day Parade is likely the most coveted position in the entire Irish community of Providence. It's like being the governor, but like being liked. <laughs> So this year, very different, <laughs> very different. So this year, the Grand Marshal is my pal, former fire chief, Mike Dillon. He's a Providence guy, born and raised right off of Chackstone Avenue. And if I had to describe him, which no one asked me to, <laughs> I'd say he was like a hero firefighter from that f- movie that you love. And Santa had a baby. He's warm. He's funny. And he takes every cookie he's ever been offered. If you see him on Saturday, please tell him I said hello. So. Shay. Oh, yes. What are your plans for September 18th? Will you go and raise a pint to St. Patrick's? Kiss me, I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Wretch. Um, you know, I, I might just have to attend. Have you ever been to a Providence St. Patrick's Day Parade? I've never been to Providence St. Patrick's Day Parade, but when I worked at Slater Mill, the very beginning of the tour season was around St. Patrick's Day, and so we would see the Pawtucket race right outside mm-hmm. and yeah there's always some sort of road race like which i don't really yeah i don't appreciate it's like, but like you're whatever. paying to run that's yeah. white that's also, white. yeah i just feel it's like running in general for, is very perfect white. for st patrick's day <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no i just remember it always being like super cold oh okay. i would watch from the window because i would sit on the radiator <laughs> yeah. and was, it was just something to watch i like that like where was your like where were you story is like it was so cold it was so cold <laughs> it was so cold all right. So the St. Patrick's Day, I've been to a couple of them, obviously. I've worked in politics for a while. And so, like, you got to go to them. I want to be in a parade, like we've talked about in our parade mm-hmm. podcast. But um, this one runs down, as you could assume, the length of Smith Street. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's big. Take okay. a loop around State House, comes back, goes back the other way. Sure. So and it's absolutely wonderful. And there's, I don't know, it's one of my favorite parades because people are... Coming from Snake Saturday, which is, like, very family-friendly, and then, like, St. Patrick's Day in Kansas City, which is just, like, when all of, like, the booze hounds come out, and, like, it's just, like, a messy festival, like, where people are just, like, puking at, like, 8 o'clock. Yeah, which is what I assume the St. Patrick's Day in Boston's about. Like, people are just, like, puking on your shoes at 9 o'clock in the morning. I don't want that. No. My mom told me to never go out on these three, (laughs) these three holidays. New Year's Eve. Mm Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. Right. And Halloween. Because the only thing that's ever going to happen is you're going to get puked on. Great advice. Yeah, for real. That's that's true. Yeah. That's good. And I don't. <laughs> I'm home. I never have. I'm home. There's Most of those are cold. Uh, I mean, the best New Year's Eves I've ever had have been at home. Yeah. So. No. I go to bed. I go to, I treat myself. No, I don't treat myself. But, like, I go out to a really nice dinner for New Year's Eve um, early. Mm. Like 630. Oh. Yeah, Ooh, traffic's scandalous. A, traffic's a breeze. There's always parking in bed by nine. <laughs> it's a the, dream. It's the best. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. A whole lot of information you did not know you needed. So as always, make sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us at, at Anchor the Show on a big social media platforms. Until next time, stay salty. Stay salty.
Anchored is produced by Trailblaze Media, along with myself, Elise Swearingen, and Shane Weintraub. From Trailblaze Media, Ezra Winters is our executive producer.